Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling. Hey guys, welcome back to Jewels on the Hustle. Happy New Year! It is officially 2021, which means if you haven't pooped in 2021 yet, why, I ask you, why are you holding in the crap from last year? That is the question I am going to ask you right now. So everyone, go take your phone Go take your laptop and listen to this episode on the crapper because you need to release last year's crap. So on a more serious note, New Year resolutions. It's something that, you know, we've all set at some point of our lives, whether it's to lose weight, hit the gym, eat healthier, get a boyfriend slash girlfriend, spend more time with family, yada, yada, yada. There are so many But why don't New Year's resolutions typically work out? Why do they typically break? I was discussing this with someone the other day, and they made a very, very valid point. If you're waiting for January 1st to get after your goal, then do you really care about it that much? Because what's so different between December 31st and January 1st? Well, realistically and actually nothing it's the mindset so if you're gonna tell me that your mindset is gonna be so much stronger on January 1st then fine I will believe you that that one extra day will maybe make a difference but if you're just telling me that you're just making your timeline start January 1st just because it's the first day of the calendar that year, then I'm sorry, you're probably not going to reach it. So that's probably the first thing I would say is wrong with New Year's resolutions is that it's just a number rather than having so much meaning behind it. Now let's dive into how to make a resolution you won't break. One, find your purpose and your why. We're going to dive into this way deeper in the episode, why it's okay to have a harder time finding your why, how we're all kind of finding ourselves each day. Like there's no one set path for all of us. We're constantly evolving and changing and just learning new habits. So while yes, that's hard, but what's your why at that time? that year and make your goal around that. Number two, break your goal into components and set realistic and achievable ongoing goals. Now, I know it sounds like I'm reading, but I actually wrote this on my Instagram caption last week. So I'm just reading my caption. I made like a little list of five things. Break your goal into components. I think this is great because you set little goals, little short-term, long-term goals, keep yourself um, in check. And that way you can kind of, for me, I love making lists. You can cross things off as you achieve them. And that could actually serve as motivation. Number three, considered making a public commitment that could help keep you accountable. 
whether it's on social media or if you're more of a private person telling your your mother, your father, your your brother-in-law, your your third cousin, whatever it may be, let them know. Tell them what you're about to do. That way you hold yourself accountable. You know that they will be like, oh, she couldn't follow through with it. She doesn't have that willpower. So let someone know. Let them keep you accountable. Number four, engage with like-minded people. Whatever you are doing, you are not alone. So whatever your goals are, there is someone in this world that is looking to do the exact same thing as you. There are so many people in this world. So to think that you're doing something that no one else wants to do or um, something that's different from everyone else. No, there's always going to be someone out there looking to achieve what you're achieving. So to engage with those positive thinkers, people that are striving for the same thing. It's kind of like a power group or just a team that you can like bounce ideas around of how they're maybe achieving it, how they are staying strong and whatnot. So I think surrounding yourself with a team is huge. Lastly, number five, be positive about your process and enjoy the journey. It's a journey. It's a roller coaster. There's going to be so many ups and downs. You're going to be flying up in the sky and you're going to be crashing down like there's no tomorrow. And that's what the journey is. You have to embrace the journey when things are going so, when the times get tough, you embrace that and you realize they're tough because I set myself with goals and this is just a sign that I'm going after them. So kind of embracing it and realizing that it's normal and then trying to shift your mindset into something more positive by either, you know, engaging with your like-minded people like your number four or no, your number two kind of reflecting back on your smaller goals or even number one, like reminding yourself of your why and your purpose. So, of course, anyone can just make this list, but applying it is what's the hardest part. These are my best uh, recommendations for New Year's resolutions. I hope this could help even just a little bit. Uh, Let me know how they work out for you. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Part two, baby. Guys, the love in part one was just incredible. I am so happy with the feedback I've gotten from you guys, the messages, how much, you know, it kind of helped you just discussing some of the tougher moments that people don't always talk about, what we don't normally see through social media. So I cannot be more ecstatic that you guys really enjoyed that and it resonated with you because that was the point of all this. I have Sarah back for part two to go even deeper. We are going to discuss injury, how that affects momentum, and Sarah and I are going to share a very deep story. Each of us individually, so two different stories, and we're only sharing because we love you guys, and we want you guys to realize that whatever you're going through, you are not alone. And if you feel lost right now, you are not alone. I promise. I love you guys. Please feel free to DM me or email me 
My at is at Jules L. Baba. So please reach out. But here is the episode part two. Hey guys, we're back with part two, as promised, with my best friend, Sarah. We're so happy with the feedback, the positivity that we got from you guys. We're so glad we could enter this holiday season, this holiday with that positivity headed into the new year. Hey, Sarah. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Everyone, the hustlers loved our first episode, so I'm so happy we can, you know, follow it up with another one. Oh, I'm so happy. Do you know who says another one? <laughs> another one. DJ Khaled. Oh, DJ Khaled. Another DJ one. DJ another one. <laughs> but anyway, that's just me being silly. So, Sarah, we covered so much ground in episode one. We went through pre-college, whether I mean it was in high school, we went into college. We have a lot to cover post-college, which is where we are right now from 2016, about I'd say July 2016. That's when I finished college. I did a little um, summer school, so I ended a little late. She took an acting class. <laughs> I did. Good. <laughs> wow, that's a good memory. Yeah. Wow. This is why you have me on the podcast. I'm just here to give you the timeline. So yeah, like you said, uh, that acting class was great. And I did a woman's gender and society class. I took two courses. This was during a time that I had no tennis, just literally school for four weeks and partying. I partied so much those four weeks. I went out with friends. Not having tennis really freed up my schedule I would say yeah I I can imagine yeah and I felt like a normal student not having that heavy tennis schedule that um, fitness schedule and I kind of just let myself go a bit I you know I, I for the first time I lived a normal college life so that was really fun to see uh, what that was like uh-huh. but then Reality settled in, reality hit post-college as it does for any normal student. I decided to start my professional tennis career and Sarah and I were finally reunited. Oh yeah, I forgot that was the summer. What? Yeah, that was 21? 2016. We were finally reunited. Yeah. College was over. We barely had seen each other for four years besides like summer breaks, Christmas breaks. So... It was basically a time that we got to catch up and just tell each other nonstop stories. Yeah, we would just like, I think, catch up on a lot of stuff. Um, You would talk a little bit about what's going on in school. I know you were talking a little bit about also like tournaments that you were going into. We kind of caught up on a few things. I will say, I think at that point, we were, how can I say this? Uh, both of us were really behind on TV because we were so focused on what we were doing. Like I was focused in school and Julia was focused in tennis and school at the same time that we finally caught up on TV. I think that was where I learned your love for Gossip Girl. Yes. Oh. I <laughs> I needed to catch up on everything. The biggest difference for me in college, I didn't get my bachelor, bachelor at Mondays. You know how much I love that show. You see, you're a fan of Bachelor. I'm not. I still don't understand, like, The Bachelor itself. I I know it's a universe and people love it. I'm just not one of those people. It's Bachelor Nation. We love it. It takes up, like, 
two hours though. Each episode's like two hours. What? Yeah, it's eight to ten, usually on Monday on ABC and Bachelor Nation knows how addicting this show is. I'm the hopeless romantic, Sarah. So really you know that actually. <laughs> really? Wow. The hopeless romantic from the this era, we're gonna go into a little bit of Julia with being a hopeless romantic, but um geez, yep. Yeah, I am the biggest hopeless romantic. Like I would see something romantic. I would see flowers. I'd see just any romantic gesture and my heart would like literally just I don't know. I'd just be like, oh, I want this. I'd see someone get engaged, like, I want this. Is that your romantic love language or no? My love language is quality time. I was tied with quality time and words of affirmation. Oh, because I'm gestures. Like, Are you? I'm like gestures of kindness is my thing. Oh, so like gift giving and stuff? Not or just kind oh, kid, oh, acts of service. There we go. Acts of service. Thank you. Acts of service is more my like love language that I like. Yeah. So for... Those that are wondering what we're talking about, there's this thing where you can take a quiz to see what your love language is. The five are acts of service, um, words of affirmation, physical touch. What am I forgetting? Quality time and act. Wait, I said acts of service. I think also gestures. Really? That's the fifth one? I think it is. Oh, words of affirmation. Yeah. So those are the five and everyone falls like in a different category so yeah I mean it's just interesting to see where we fall me and you are different in what I'd say we like yeah no it's funny we like two different types of people which were great for us when we go out it was like Mm -hmm. very simple to sort of like separate the two although right after college you got out of a relationship and this was the first time I've ever seen single Julia yeah Sarah, you know that like I'm a very like romantic person. So single Julia, I'd say single Julia was happy because she got to have more time to do what she likes to do. She got to focus more on training and stuff like that. But deep Wait, are you down, talking to yourself in third person? I am. <laughs> you got a problem with that? No, but I do it on my own, but I do it in more so as like an introduction when I'm doing my education. Um, but yeah. But deep down, I do like being in a relationship. I like to know like at the end of the day, there's someone you can talk to, someone that has your best interest no matter what. Although that does sound like a lot like what I have in you. So when you have a really good best friend, you don't need no man, no woman. You just need your best friend. Well, that's currently where I'm at right now. <laughs> But we've went through times where I was the third wheel and you were the one in the relationship. Yeah, I mean, in a little bit, yeah. I think a lot of guys and girls experience this where they feel like, you know, their best friend is in a relationship and they feel like the third wheel. Sarah did a great job of making time for me all the time even when she was in a relationship she always included me now with COVID I can't do the same with her I'm currently in a relationship but I haven't really left the house in like months I mean for little things of course but like going out to to meals 
Um, getting dinner, going getting shopping, dinner, doing shopping. Something. Not a thing right now. Not a thing, but I know when things return back to normal. Yeah, Sarah still needs to meet my my boyfriend. Yeah, so I know. We have to get dinner sometime soon. Hopefully, after we all get the vaccine. Preach to that. But yes, Sarah, you were right. I got out of my relationship and. The summer of 2016 was when my pro career just amped up. I was playing the best tennis of my life. I think I mentioned this in the last episode at the end. I was telling you I was playing the best tennis. I was confident. I just was in this groove and had tunnel vision. And I was just so excited to see like what skills I could apply from college into the pro tour and see how far I could go. So the main goal for me was just to stay healthy because I am so injury prone. Yep. So I just started going to USTA full time. I was doing a lot of fitness, a lot of tennis. I, I, the biggest accomplishment I had that summer was a land. It's called the Landisville. It was a uh, a $25,000 event. I was a wild card. I had no expectations. It was the tournament before the U.S. Open. So it was so stacked. Like, even though it was just a $25,000 event, we had people ranked in the top 100 competing. So I was like, well, this is going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And the because it was my local tournament, it was in Pennsylvania, they gave me the local wild card. So like the hometown favorite, the person that everyone cheers on. Oh, wait, is this this is the one I went to go see you in Connecticut was, was it? No, that was New Haven. That was oh, that was a huge tournament. That yeah. was the WTA. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. Sorry. But this no, no, you're good. This one was really big because I had no expectations. I had no ranking. And I won my first match. I won my second match. I was in the quarterfinals, in the semifinals. I made it to the final. I beat three, like, top 50 players in a row. I was playing lights out. And then I finally lost in the final, 6 0 6 0. But, uh, uh... God, that I know that feeling way too well. That's not a good yeah. feeling to lose six zero six zero. I mean, I didn't even care. I was so like I can't even tell you how tired I was. Every day was like above a hundred degrees. I had like long three hour matches to just like get to the final. Like I was like, whatever, man. I don't even care. I de- I devoured a whole pizza pie. What? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever like? I don't know. The pizza, I was like, before the final, I was like, no matter what, I'm just going to have a whole pie of pizza just to, like, celebrate. Do you have anything that you like to treat yourself with after maybe, like, a big accomplishment, whether it's food or self-care? Ooh, yeah. For me, I'm a huge sucker for, um, okay, It's this one is so weird. It's white chocolate peanut butter cups. Oh, my gosh. I always wanted to try that. They're so good, except I don't like the Reese's one. Uh, Justin's does a really good version. Justin's that's like the fancy organic one a little yeah <laughs> you're, you're 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 too healthy for me <laughs> but they do a really good one that I like a lot that's usually my treat or um if we're talking like really bad food a quesarito from Taco Bell oh my gosh Taco Bell is world <laughs> is, is life that's I think my biggest 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people love Taco Bell. And I think it's fine to treat yourself. Just know that not every day could be a treat, but that makes it even more rewarding. Yes, but a whole pizza? Okay, well, I mean, I didn't eat the whole thing in one sitting. Maybe had like four slices for lunch and four for dinner. Okay, that makes sense. I'm thinking like you devoured a whole pizza in like less than like an hour. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know if I can do that, but I would have if I could (laughs) have. So going back to that summer, Mm -hmm. I wanted to say that. So I said I was playing really well. The fall was going well. Winter was great. Mm -hmm. Now, winter is a tennis player's off-season slash preseason. It's a solid six weeks. I was getting strong. I was even more confident at this point because I had made a dent in the pro tour. Oh, yeah. This is the Midland tour, right? Oh, the Midland is is the next part right after this preseason. So I was going to say was I got really strong, ready, really physically fit, getting ready to go to my my winter and spring tournaments. And yes, Midland, Michigan, the $100,000 event. I went to that tournament feeling so freaking good. I felt so strong, so confident. And um, yeah, things did not go the way I wanted them to go. Okay, that tournament, I remember it so vividly because everybody that came out of that tournament was like injured. Everybody that came out of that tournament got like, oh my gosh, I remember one friend of ours got like uh, tore, I think her ankle and another person ended up like doing something else. It was crazy. It was like everybody was going for that 100K and it was just so hard and then I remember you came back after you came in like the fourth right or something so basically yes what you're saying is that everyone played that played this tournament basically got hurt and the reason why it was so admirable to the New Yorkers is because it was indoors which we love we love indoor tennis fast hard courts but also it was not very far away some people drove a lot of us came back injured for me I I believe we got to me and my doubles partner, we got to the semifinal in singles and I just, I didn't get injured at that tournament. Like I got an elbow injury, but it wasn't like that bad. But the day after I got back, I was in the fitness room doing box jumps and I broke my hand. Yeah. So that was like completely devastating I remember waiting to get my x-ray and I was like oh my gosh like I'm in the peak I am feeling so good about my tennis right now if I have to be out for weeks I will lose my mind that's exactly what happened oh uh it was I remember because I so that week I we had a lot of stuff going on you came back um this was like I want to say February, you came back from that yeah. tournament. I remember hearing about everybody else getting hurt. And then you didn't tell me you got hurt, but we were going to a concert and she shows up with a cast on her arm. Yup. <laughs> it was devastating. I mean, like, I I personally hate February, March, April, because the days are so short. Mm-hmm. Like, it's depressing. And then not having tennis now for months and knowing how good I was playing and how, you know, tennis is all about the momentum. And um, I knew that momentum would probably be broken. So I was just really 
devastated. I questioned my career. I questioned basically everything. Damage is the hardest thing you go through as an athlete, especially with um, your body being your temple. And that, you know, a lot of athletes have a certain amount of time that they can play up until because that's their peak performance. And that having a like an injury like that is just, it's tough. Devastating. Yeah. It's because, you know, tennis, of course, is an individual sport. Mm-hmm. So when you get to that high level tennis, you know how rare that is. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do anything to lose that. It's hard to get to that point. But I kind of just had to focus on what I could control, which is definitely one of the things I'm working on. And one of my New Year's resolutions is to worry about the things I could control and not the uncontrollable. Also, this was the time that I actually got to spend the most with Julia because of this injury. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. We got to hang out a lot more. We went into the city. We had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, We had. So, again, I got to be a normal person. do fun things that a normal 20-something person living in Long Island or New York City could do. Yeah, we, like, we went out, we had fun. Uh, anything else I could think of besides that? We went to concerts, I took you to... New- fashion Week! Oh my god, I did take you to Fashion Week, I forgot about that! <laughs> Probably the most fun. You- that was oh my so much fun! We went to this really cool fashion show, and we may or may not have snuck up to a VIP section. Meaning we definitely did sneak up to the VIP section. (laughs) (laughs) We got this really cool view and we got to see the runway from um, like a balcony section. It was so cool. Sarah is really into fashion and she's really good at it. Like I don't know how to put together an outfit. And Sarah most definitely does. She knows all the trends. She's always like, oh, this outfit or this color or this pattern is going to be hot next season. I'd be like, I don't know. I have no idea how fashion works or we'd be in a store and she'd say we play this little game and she'd say pick out a dress you think I would wear and I'd be like uh I don't know (laughs) and then in seconds she would pick out like five dresses I would wear and literally be spot on I I don't know it's always been like a thing I, I I hate sounding the one thing I know I'm very good at I will say is gift giving yeah oh she's so good at it (laughs) well just because I can read people usually very well I'm like okay you like this you like something I don't want to get you something that you're not going to use or something you're not going to wear or something you can't like use right now so let me find something to get also that reminds me I need to drop off your present tomorrow oh thank you love no problem but can I at least drive by drop it at the door and leave yes you can do that okay I promise do that (laughs) But I actually, I don't mean to change topic, but something that just flashed on my phone is someone just commented on her our first episode and said, thank you for talking about bullying. It's not something people talk about openly. And I really appreciated this episode. Oh. See, that's what we did this for. We want to talk about the stuff behind the highlight reel, the things that you don't hear about too often. No, I mean, it's, trust me, it's really tough to deal with that stuff in any sort of environment before you guys, because it's really, it's a close-knit community. Everybody knows everyone. Yeah, exactly. And I just wanted to, you know, end this year being candid and raw with my emotions, because as hard as it is, like, 
Sarah, you know how much hesitation I had to do this and how scared I was to release the episode, but I want to be different. I want to, you know, come forward and hopefully be an example to people that they should stand up to bullies by, you know, being the bigger person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And I know you've dealt with your fair share of bullies. Yeah, we can definitely go into that later. Um, I definitely want to talk about that because it's something I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, we're definitely going to want to touch upon something that happened to you recently that was released on YouTube. I think you wanted to discuss that. We'll talk about it a little later, but definitely I want to okay. get into that topic because I do want to still talk about you and like the break you had and the fun. There was a lot of fun, like the concerts, yeah. um, Bagatelle, I'm trying to think of. Um, oh, God. We went to, oh, yeah. We went to a handful of restaurants. I took you to Fashion Week. Um, just like normal fun i think this was also the first year you ever went to oyster fest oh i loved oyster so, fest oysters were so and i got into my media career yes i think we should talk about that. oh yeah sorry i was trying to talk about social stuff and then go into media career no that's all good but i think a lot of it intermixes i during this break i always knew i was interested in media i studied media at uva that was kind of like the idea to start my podcast where it kind of crossed my mind. But there was also a media company in New York City that I thought so highly of. I thought it was hilarious. And I had a girl, an acquaintance that had played tennis that worked there. And I was like, maybe I should reach out to her and kind of just learn more about media, learn more about social media or Instagram and just kind of how she, she's so funny. I just want to know like if she has any tips or words of wisdom advice. And so I, what did I do? I took a trip out there and I got to see the, the headquarters, the company. It was beautiful. You remember that day? I told you all about yeah, it. Yeah. I think we met up after. Oh yeah. We did. Oh, yeah, we, did. we went to Mole. Right. Oh, oh my I God. I want Mole now. Um, the mole sauce. Oh, it's like that. What is it? Like a chocolate. It's like a chocolate habanero. That is the way to describe it. A chocolate habanero. Oh, wow. We need to stop getting sidetracked. Sorry, food. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just remember calling you from my Uber and I, she gave me like two books actually from uh, the company mm -hmm. and I was just reading them. And if you know me, I, I'm not a huge fan of reading. And I just could not put the books down. I like really admire her Instagram work, her social media work. I think she's really funny. Oh, she's hysterical. And kind of, right. And she's like gotten really big, um, not from her tennis days, but from, from now her media and her comedy. Oh, she's a great comedian. She does stand up. She actually, she really amped up her career by getting casted onto a reality telev television show. Yeah. So that's where she was really discovered. I'd even say like with her tennis, with her media company work, she wasn't even that well known mm -hmm. until. No, I'd say she was a viral star. She had a lot of like funny skits that she did with the media company. Like the horoscopes. Yeah, the horoscopes were great. Yeah, she was pretty good with those. She would make it like very comical, like, oh, Mercury is in retrograde, which means you are going to have an amazing date tonight. But don't forget, I don't know. <laughs> like, it I just made very, very funny. It was so witty and hysterical. And I find her really, 
she has these great comebacks. She's like a female Don Rickle, I'd say. She, yeah, she, she's funny. And what I appreciate, appreciate, what I appreciate most about her is she knows how to make fun of herself, which takes a really secure person. Like she makes a lot of like fart jokes and poopy jokes. And I just feel like the average girl would be kind of reserved, weirded out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's a way to make fun of yourself, but still be very secure. And that's, what she really excels mm-hmm. at she she's funny and so yeah she's on this reality television show it's it's a real I appreciate it personally I think it's funny but I don't uh, again, takes, I told you yeah what do you think? I'm not a fan of reality tv why is that I don't know just for me personally I mean, I think it's really impressive that they're able to do these sort of like create that wall between the camera I don't feel like I could do that. And to me, it just doesn't interest me, not in any sort of like negative way, just doesn't interest me. I mean, that's where we might be different. I find it entertaining. I was going to say, you can watch a two hour TV show. I'm the opposite. I love like my short 30 minute TV shows like Veep and like um, the Kamitsky Method. Or Seinfeld. Those are my favorites. Sarah, what I really liked about this show was that, you know, it was nearby. It was in the Hamptons, actually. And because I had this friendship with the girl that was in the media company, and then she became a cast member. So I had this friendship with her. She was a tennis player. And so we always stayed in touch. She actually, she invited me to two parties last summer. So that was exciting. Sarah came to one. Yeah, I came for 4th of July. 4th of July. The other one was, it was just like a regular It was like party. close friends, you know, I remember you were saying. It was like not that many people, but it was a lot of people that knew each other. Yeah, and I had no idea who the new cast member would be. Like every season they have one or two new cast members. So it was cool to meet the new members. It was so weird to be like, on set like it felt real like there was cameras everywhere it felt like a little staged like reality television is obviously staged Mm -hmm. you know you gotta catch certain things on camera but um it was just strange because like a part of the backyard had like a ton of cameras and the other was like enjoying the party and the next minute this part of the backyard was because it's like it revolves all around basically this swimming pool yeah you remember that oh yeah no, it was so funny. Um, so I don't from your first party, I don't know much, but the second party, I've had experience being on reality TV. I'm not personally the biggest fan of it. I'll, again, mm-hmm. I can explain a little later why, but I tried my hardest to hide from every camera. Yeah, it was not even a we, joke. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're walking over here. Cool. I'm just going to go take my, you know, beverage and walk that way. Or, you know, oh, this seems like an area nothing's happening in. I'm going to stand right there. It just, it was so, it's so funny. And then I was like, you know, where's the place no camera could go? The middle of the pool. That's a good point. <laughs> so yep. I jumped with you on and- that floaty and we were like chilling out in the middle of the pool. And it was, we met a lot well, of cool people. Yeah. And it was funny because 
everyone was trying to get on camera and Sarah was probably the only one trying to avoid the camera. Like you had people trying to push their way in front of the camera to get uh, airtime. To get TV airtime. And Sarah was just like, let me go this way. I was way. like, and nope, going that way. <laughs> uh, no, I just don't like being on social media. I mean, that's kind of my thing. I mean, I love social media from the aspect of like bringing out information, but I couldn't see myself being like you, like um, not an influencer, but more of like a figure. A figure, like a public yeah, figure. I couldn't, really see, I couldn't see myself doing that. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what I am, but I do enjoy my airtime. <laughs> and that's something we need to talk about because I even questioned, is this what I want to get into? Do I like this so much that I want to try to be a reality television star? Which was just one of the many things that entered my brain as an injured athlete that didn't know what to do. You know, when something kind of, when an adverse situation hits your life, you kind of question what you're doing or your career path. And that was me. I started to think uh, maybe I should go into reality television, which was looking back pretty off brand for me. <laughs> and what was, I think the craziest part was Sarah, that we were at this party on air and we had no idea what was happening in the actual show. We were trying to like look around and like collect hints to see what was happening. But to us, it was just like we were at this party. We would see one cast member crying in a corner or another one, you know, getting angry and be like, what is going another on? Another one putting their wig in their swim pants. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That never <laughs> that gets never old. Gets old. <laughs> but oh, no, it was God. a fun party. To still say the least, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was so fun and I'm just really appreciative to you know my friend that is part of the show she's served as a mentor for me and whether it's you know for joining a party or attending a party or my media career or the birth of Jules on the hustle yeah she very I remember you had that meeting and she sat you down was like what do you want to do where do we go from here and she was also an athlete that kind of came back and like made a career for herself. And it was, she literally sat me down and asked me, am I happy with what I'm doing? Uh, where do I see myself? She's like, it's okay to have periods of time where you don't know what you're doing. She's like, I was in a career path for a couple of years where I was like, this is not for me. You know, it's okay when you're in your 20 somethings or like any time in life that you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be. I feel like it's normal and it's okay. Like you don't always have to be on the right track all the time. And I think that part of your life was definitely like figuring that out. And I, I, I first off, that's a great thing to say. Like really yeah. so powerful. It's okay. Like Instagram, social media shows you every perfection and every highlight of your life but they don't show you that for a year you're just so lost and you don't know what to do you don't know where which career you want to go into and that is okay especially during covid every everyone a lot of people i don't say everyone a lot of people are off track they're losing jobs they're struggling to you know put a meal on the table Mm -hmm. like we're all kind of just trying to find our way and i just feel like 
you will figure it out. You have the means to figure it out. Just trust yourself and trust that the people around you, I, I'm not explaining it very well, but just kind of trust yourself that you will figure it out. Things will work out. You just have to figure out what's going on right now. And I, you're right. That's a really good resolution you were saying before. It was like to let things happen in the now and not in, in the what if. And also, yes, there's exactly. a great quote that says, ah, but what if it does? So always putting a positive attitude towards the future. I like that. What if it does? Actually, my therapist taught me something really interesting. She's like, if you ever have to say what if in a negative way, like, what if he doesn't like me? Or what if I don't get the job? Or what if um, I can't sleep tonight? Like, change that to... Well, if you hear if you say what if it means it's like anxiety and just ch- realize that in your mind that you hit you have the power to change mm-hmm. it. Like what if is just your mind playing games. Yeah. During this period of being injured, I definitely did things that were impulsive because I was upset. I was upset about my injury. You know, like Sarah said, we talked about Bagatelle. Bagatelle was this daytime party that I really enjoyed going to. Um, I did a lot of socializing during this injury. I went out a lot. Um, There were times where, you know, it would suck. Like I'd be at at a bar with some friends and, you know, the tennis channel is on TV or ESPN and the Australian Open is going on. And I'm just watching this and I'm like, my gosh, what am I doing? I'm out here at 11 p.m., 12 a.m. and my peers are dominating on the pro tour now. We spoke about this individual that was a a toxic person in my life at UVA. Going back to this girl, I vividly remember this night. She was in the semifinals of the Australian Open, Sarah, and I was not very sober at a bar one night while she was in the semifinals. Now, as it is, alcohol makes you feel a little vulnerable, kind of makes you feel more in your makes you feel more in your feels but yeah you're more in your feels more emotional I just broke down I was like oh my gosh like she like someone that I was beating or very like very close to and level in college was playing the semifinals of the USO of the Australian Open and here I was injured no ranking because of my injury and I was out in New York City it made me feel like everything I had worked towards was thrown out and that was probably one of the lowest parts of my tennis career because I felt like I was nothing like totally nothing so I just wanted to reflect on that because it's hard like while you're happy, your peers are doing well, you also, it's an individual sport. So you're, you think about yourself, be a little selfish at times. I was just sitting there just questioning everything, questioning like, why me? Why is this happening? What, what do I do? Where do I go? It was just like a very 
dark place of, I don't want to say helplessness because I was never in that dark of a place of like thinking about any self-harm or anything, never got to that point. But I was always just, just so lost and just anxious. Mm -hmm. So I I wanted to talk about that story just because I thought it was important and relevant going off of our first episode. Yeah. But I was so happy to see her doing well at that time too, though, because I knew that if I get everything together, I get my tennis back on track, my head in the right place, my injury moving. I know I could be there just as well as she is. So you have to also look at the positive end of things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, geez. Yeah. I, well, my story feels very different. I think now going into this, no, but it's important to talk about just because it's a different type of bullying and it's through reality television. So we definitely want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I, uh, I was on a reality TV show and it was a prank show. Um, I have no issues with the prank show. I think the prank was actually funny. I think the whole thing that happened was funny. And I think it was hysterical. Um, it was funny because actually I was playing I tennis. <laughs> exactly so uh jules loves this episode by the way oh i love it (laughs) it's so funny well everybody that knows me knows that they're all my mannerisms that's everything i do on a normal basis even if nothing was there i would have still done it but um so i will say it was fun doing it the episode itself was hysterical actually when i saw the episode my friends were fans of the show and they were, and I got an email the night before saying, oh, it's going to air tomorrow. You know, if you want to watch it, your friends, you're more than welcome to go watch, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I knew my friends, I was in college at the time. My friends were like, yeah, let's go watch this TV show. I was like, yeah, cool. I'll watch it. So I didn't say anything. I waited until the part got on the TV and they paused on my face, looked at me, looked at the TV, looked at me. And had an entire mind-blowing situation. Be like, what is going on? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was so much fun. I, You know, I thought it was funny. And I still think it's funny. But the thing I don't find funny is people and the comment section of that video. So they released a clip um, on their YouTube page and following after it. Um, you know, some comments were funny and then other comments got, weren't funny. Um, they had mentioned things about my body. I got called a handful of things. I got called obese. I got called, um, I got called, um, fat. I got called pig. I got called other names. I got called, um, for my, my chest. I got called for all these different things. And it was maybe about. 3,000 comments just in a yeah this was a this is a very highly watched popular yeah and it was just 3,000 comments negative all negative all about my body all sexualizing myself all talking about my weight it was I honestly it was so hard and it was four years of this video being up And it was terrifying. And my career, I really don't want to even talk about that video because 
I have no problem with the episode itself. I think it's funny. I think the guys who did it are funny. I think the whole situation is funny. But I was so scared for people to search that video up because if they walked down into the comment section, it was just... I can't even describe it. And I'm actually crying. Oh, God. It was... Are you okay? I'm no, so it's okay. Sorry. I want to get through this. It was ridiculing. It was tearing me apart. And I don't understand how, like, you or, you know, or, um, I don't understand you or how said person who deals with media or, you know, anybody else deals with these comments. Like, I, I really can't even imagine it. That's why I'm private on my social media. But, like, Cyberbullying. Yeah, it's huh? tough. It is so tough. Um. Oh God, hold on. I'm so proud of you for telling your story and being vulnerable. Yeah, I, I will say on a positive note. Um, I had messaged the production company at least maybe. I want to say. Throughout those four years, I maybe emailed them three times asking them to please private the comment section. I was like, I don't care about the video. I don't care about the content. I think it's actually funny. The thing I'm more scared about is this. And I kept getting told back, oh, we can't do that. Or too bad, so sad. Until one point, my personal information got out. Like my my Facebook, my Instagram, my work address, where I worked, like my birthday, all of that stuff got out in public in the comment section of this video yeah it was oh my god it was so mortifying mortifying. but I remembered because I went back into the contract and I read through and they said if I were to have any um, any personal information were to get out which they said my personal my only thing that would get out would be my first name and now all this information was getting out and I had brought it up to their production company and had emailed them. I remember this. It was Thursday, Friday, Monday. Thursday, I had emailed them. Friday, I had gotten a hold of somebody in the legal department of that media company. And then Monday, it was taken down. How did it make you feel when it was taken down? It was a huge relief for it to be taken down because honestly, I felt it was a huge weight off my shoulder. I can't even describe to you how good it felt. And it had nothing to do with that. Even in the first email I had said, I had said, I do not care about the, I said, I don't care about the video again. And I brought up those previous emails in like the forwarding section saying like, this is the response I've gotten consistently. This is what I'm asking for, which is to simply disable the comment section. I don't care. Just disable the comment section. And they led with, we're just going to take down the video because it was, it, when I, did you, did you ever read through the comment sections? I read some of the comments. They were very hurtful and seeing Sarah in this pain was, it was really devastating. I'd never seen her just so upset about something. The cyber bullying obviously was something that I could relate to. So I definitely knew how she felt. But when people were, yeah, when they were releasing private information, we knew that they had drawn the line. 
the line had been drawn and we had I mean, to I was getting it. like photos that were explicit, I'll leave it at that. On my Instagram and in my DMs, I was getting comments from people, you know, just thinking that I was like something I'm not, which I'm a very like respectable person, but you don't have the right to make those comments about my body. You do not have the rights to make those comments about who I am. You are not have the okay to do any of that. You have no permission to do any of those things. I'm talking as if I was talking to those people. I apologize on the podcast. I'm not yelling at anybody, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but this is so important because there's people out there that get bullied online and they don't know how to deal with it. They just kind of sit there and punish themselves for the hate they're getting. No, and it was like a three, it was a good three, four year battle of this like email chain going back and forth saying, please do this. I feel uncomfortable. This is how I feel. And uh, technically also, isn't there like a moderator that should be looking through like YouTube or something like that? There should be. There but really sh- should be. Things like that shouldn't have gone on for that long. It was just so, it was a giant relief, at least to know that that was gone. But again, I, to just finish that statement off, online billing is not okay. Making comments to people are okay. Inappropriate DMs are not okay. And sending photos to people that they definitely did not ask for are not okay. It's just so scary how the internet is such an open space that anyone can do absolutely anything. To a certain extent, I wish there was more screening. And you know how on some websites, or I'll never forget, like I was playing Among Us. Do you know what the game Among Us is? I know what it is. is? I have not played it. Okay. So like if you want to chat in the chat bar, if you use certain words, it doesn't let you send it. Like to a certain extent, I feel like on YouTube – they should have a censorship on the comment section where you can't use certain words. Oh, they were using all the different languages on this video. But yeah, I agree. I could yeah. not agree with you more. I just feel so much better knowing that it's gone. I don't have to deal with it. But I can't say the same for other people. And I really, I can't imagine. But we've come yeah. through the other side and we've come out stronger, much like you. And I know, you know, from here with that, I made so like so many stronger things I've done. I've been strong in my career. I've been strong in my body. I feel better. I, you know, you you know me, I went boxing immediately after that. Yeah, you've made (laughs) strides. You really have. You're confident. You're strong. You're proud of your body. Sarah's beautiful. So there's nothing but proud, pride in it, pride, proud. You should only be proud of yourself for coming out on the other side stronger and defeating your haters by being the bigger person and being strong. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I could tell you after that, I felt more confident in myself. I felt stronger. I was making, just being happier. Exactly. Like what you said. But anyway... Just to wrap it all up, I wanted to make these two episodes to share my emotions, to be raw. I keep saying it, to be real with you guys. And I knew I wouldn't have been able to do it as well as I could have without someone that knows me extremely well. So I hope that the listeners, the hustlers, 
learned a thing or two from our stories, our experiences. You know, we're all finding ourselves day after day. We're learning more and more about ourselves. It's an ongoing journey. It's a process. Though now I think both of us are at our strongest points. I would like to say yeah, that. Because yes. like now I'm currently at my job. I'm doing really well. It's my second year here. And then you, you're like the this entire podcast is going so well for you. You're like rocking your stuff that you're doing with like journalism and everything that's going on right now. Exactly. Like just take a minute. I am I'm really happy. I'm not gonna lie, like COVID has restricted me in many ways in the workplace or you know my tennis like it has been hard so from a career standpoint I do feel limited unfortunately but I'm hoping and praying you know we all get back on our two feet and come out stronger and hopefully it's sooner rather than later because I've had enough of this I want to go back to real life I want to go out to dinner with oh. you, Sarah, and get a bottle of red wine. Me too. <laughs> uh, so, guys, the holidays are upon us, whether you celebrate Christmas or not. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve. Um, and then Friday's Christmas Day. This episode will actually be released after Christmas, but we truly like Sarah celebrates Hanukkah. So how will you be celebrating? Christmas? You know the typical Jewish. Uh, you know the typical Jewish. Um, <laughs> let me try that again. Um, you know the typical Jewish Christmas. You know Chinese food, sitting at home watching movies, making you know gingerbread house and putting yabakas in the gingerbread. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Sarah's every year during Christmas. Chinese- Oh my god, Chinese food actually sounds brilliant right now. You know, I was thinking that too, but I have to run to Whole Foods, which I'm not excited about, especially being today. Oh yeah, it's going to be a mob Wish me luck. (laughs) I wish you luck. But guys, thank you so much for joining me and Sarah. If you guys have any questions or comments, you feel free to uh, shoot me a DM and I will share them all with Sarah. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me, Sarah. Most Thank importantly. you for having me. Well, that's my story. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. I hope it was a little bit helpful and you guys were able to resonate just a little bit. Again, thank you, Sarah, so much. It is so good to be back with season three for you listeners, you hustlers, you guys make it all worth it. You guys make the magic happen. Guys, we have so much awesome content coming up this month in tennis and beyond. Some amazing guests that I will be letting you in on very soon. The Australian Open coming up, but a little bit later than we are used to after a bit of a quarantine. Can't wait to talk to some players about how that'll affect them, how they feel. A lot of players are in Abu Dhabi right now getting ready for some season opening tennis. As always, guys, 
feel free to message me on Instagram and Twitter at Jules El Baba at J-U-L-E-S-E-L-B-A-B-A. Email, email me with any questions, comments, inquiries at Jules on the Hustle podcast at gmail.com. But you guys know the drill. See you next week on Jules on the Hustle. Every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling.